This is Phyllis Karasov and Dan Ballantyne, attorneys in the Larkin Hoffman Labor and Employment Practice Group. We're going to be talking about reopening your business and recalling employees. We are going to be talking about information as it exists as of today, April 29th. There are continuous notifications and guidances issued by the CDC, by Governor Waltz, by the Minnesota Department of Labor, by the U.S. Department of Labor, by the EEOC, clarifying, correcting, adding to current statutes and regulations. So this is a very evolving situation, and we are going to be talking about our understanding of the law as it exists today. I think the best place to start is with Governor Waltz's stay-at-home orders. As all of you recall, on March 25th, Governor Waltz issued his first stay-at-home order in which he stated that all Minnesota residents were ordered to stay at home except to engage in specified activities and critical sector work. And critical sector businesses were identified in his executive order. That order was extended and updated to May 4th. On April 23rd, Governor Waltz issued another executive order. And in that one, he reiterated that all workers who can work from home must do so. He also said that non-critical businesses in industrial and manufacturing business and office-based businesses can allow employees to return to work, but those have to be employees who are unable to work from home. And also the business has to establish and implement a COVID-19 preparedness plan. And that plan has to implement Minnesota OSHA standards, Minnesota Department of Health, and CDC guidelines in the workplace. And those businesses also cannot have any customer-facing or retail environments. If you go to the Minnesota DEED website, there is a template for a COVID-19 preparedness plan and I think for any employer in Minnesota who is thinking about reopening business, that would be the best place to start in assessing how your workplace needs to become legally available to be reopened. And I won't go through it in a lot of detail, but the preparedness plan has to describe how your business will implement infection prevention measures, prompt identification and isolation of sick persons, engineering and administrative controls for social distancing, housekeeping, including cleaning, disinfecting, and decontamination, communications and training for managers and workers necessary to implement the plan, and provision of management and supervision necessary to ensure effective ongoing implementation of the plan. So Governor Waltz in this preparedness plan template is making it very explicit as to what a company needs to do to make their place of business appropriate for reopening. And I think the training and communication is a particular important piece because it's not enough to just have posters, but you're going to actually have to have training and be very transparent in your communications 
with employees about the efforts that you're going to and also how you're going to protect them. So Dan, what kinds of procedures are you recommending that employers implement to recall employees? Well, thanks Phyllis. So the first point I wanna make is whether employees were truly just furloughed, meaning that their employment was essentially put on hold, their duties were put on hold, but they weren't really terminated versus if they were actually terminated. And if they were terminated, meaning, hey, we, we don't know if, if and if we're ever going to hire you back, one thing employers need to think about is, for example, non-compete agreements. If they had non-compete agreements with employees, and as many people know in Minnesota law, non-competes uh, that are offered ancillary to an employment offer are generally enforceable, the consideration being the job offer. If they're terminated though, if their employment was terminated say in mid-March, there's a question then if they're gonna be rehired, whether they need to be presented with a new hire packet, a new non-compete at the time of rehiring. But for our purposes, I'm gonna put that issue aside and assume that employees that were essentially laid off, meaning they weren't fired, their employment wasn't you know, fully terminated, they were essentially furloughed. And so you don't have that issue. So we're talking about a return to duties, essentially, of employees that were never really fully fired. Generally speaking, the first thing is that you have to make sure you are not recalling folks on a discriminatory basis. For example, if you have uh, African-American and white employees and Hispanic employees, you don't want to just reinstate the white employees because of discrimination concerns. So just like a hiring decision can't be based on a protected class, the decision to recall or bring people back off a furlough also can't be made on a discriminatory basis. So employers want to look at, at that issue. If they're not going to be bringing back all employees at once, make sure that the optics are such that it does not appear that the recalls are being made on a discriminatory basis. Beyond that, there's no requirement that all employees be brought back at once. They can be brought back based on business needs. You know, if you have divisions, for example, that are, are, are going to be open, but other divisions are not going to be open, it's certainly valid to bring back those employees in the divisions who are going to have work to do versus those who are not. It's certainly within those divisions, if you don't have a need to bring back everybody, you can, again, on, base your decision on legitimate business concerns. So if there are certain employees that are uh, better performers that you'd want to bring back first, that is a valid criteria decide who to bring back first versus others. And as I said, there's no duty to recall everybody. Those decisions can be made on your business needs and those types of criteria. They're not based on a, a protected class under the law. Sometimes I've been asked the question, can the employer decide to hire different people? They'll say they don't want to recall certain employees. They want to hire new employees instead. Again, as a general matter, that is allowed there's no obligation to bring back anybody who was uh, an at-will employee. Now, I'll mention for employers that have collective bargaining agreements uh, with unions, you do need to check those. That could come into play within, in terms of obligations to recall employees, but putting that issue aside, it's truly the, the employer's business needs that will control who's recalled, whether they're recalled, and whether new people are hired versus current employees being uh, recalled. And again, uh, just like any either reduction in force or in this case a reinstatement, I recommend having some criteria laid out document in terms of what the criteria is going to be for recalling people. That's helpful in case a discrimination claim is made down the road by somebody who is not recalled. 
The other question I get asked is whether uh, hours and wages, those sorts of terms of employment could be changed when an employee is recalled. Again, if they're at-will employees, the answer is yes. Again, that decision can't be made on a discriminatory basis either. You obviously can't only reduce the wages of African-American employees who are returning versus white employees. But putting that issue aside, again, business needs come into play. And as long as it's not done in a discriminatory manner, employers have the ability to reduce wages. One comment I'll make there is, remember, if you have salaried exempt employees, you do have, for example, a minimum $684 a week to maintain that exemption, so you have to be aware of that. But putting aside that issue, you can reduce wages and hours and so forth when you recall employees. Phyllis, I, obviously there's the, the FFCRA, the Families First Coronavirus Reinstatement Act, that might come into play here if, if employers have employees that are out for that type of leave. Uh, what would you say in respect to that statute? Uh, how does that come into play in terms of reinstating employees? Well, if an employee is on an approved leave, the issue is if the employees are on furlough, then they're really not on an approved leave. The leave is relevant if the employees can be working, but are unable to work for the stated reasons that are covered by either the expanded family medical leave or the emergency paid sick leave. But if employees are laid off, including the employees who are on leave, then they have no better or higher expectation of recall than anyone else. Yeah, the other thing I'll point out there with the FFCRA, for those of you who are employers with fewer than 25 employees, there is a, a, a provision or an exception to the reinstatement, if you will. So essentially, uh, employers with less than 25 employees can refuse to return employees to the same position and that's employees that are out on FFCRA leave if there's four conditions that exist. Uh, one is the employee's position no longer exists due to operating or economic conditions that affect employment. Number two, the employer made reasonable efforts to restore the employee. Number three, the employee makes reasonable efforts to contact the employee if an equivalent position becomes available. And number four, the employer continues to make reasonable efforts to contact the employee for one year, beginning either on the date the leave uh, related to the FFCRA leave concludes, or the date 12 weeks after the leave began, whichever is earlier. So that's a lot there, but for those of you with uh, fewer than 25 employees, do realize there's that exception, if you will, to the reinstatement obligation in the FFCRA. So let's, let's change the subject here a little bit so the employer is going to reopen, they're going to recall some employees, get back you know, up and operational. Obviously, employees may have concerns about coronavirus, are they going to catch it, and what the employer is doing. What guidance do you, are you giving clients in terms of screening and those sorts of things that employers can employ? The EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, published some technical assistance questions and answers on April 23rd regarding the application of the Americans with Disabilities Act and among other things, the kinds of questions that employers can ask employees either already at work or returning to work. So the EEOC has stated that during a pandemic, employers can ask employees if they are experiencing symptoms of the pandemic virus. And that would include symptoms such as fever, chills, cough, shortness of breaths, 
sore throat or other symptoms that the CDC has announced. Obviously, any information that employers collect with respect to employee illness need to be treated as confidential med medical records. The EEOC is also allowing employers to take an employee's body temperature, and that is because the CDC and state and local health officials have said that community spread of COVID-19 requires additional precautions. So employers have the right to take an employee's body temperature with the understanding that an employee could have COVID-19 without actually having a fever. Another issue that is common is employers want to know if they can require that an employee who was absent because of COVID-19 can be required to submit a doctor's note certifying that they are fit for duty. And in general, the answer would be yes. Those are permitted under both the FMLA and the ADA. They're not considered disability related and the pandemic makes those kinds of questions appropriate. However, we should all be cognizant of the fact that doctors are really busy, that it is very difficult to get an appointment with a doctor, and so requiring a certification from a doctor just may not be realistic. If an employer is simply hiring employees rather than recalling, all of these same rules apply. They, they can still ask questions, they can take body temperature. If an applicant was offered a position and then they come down with COVID-19 or symptoms associated with it, the employer can withdraw the offer because that person is not qualified to perform the job. I was gonna ask you, Phyllis, what about the situation where an employer wants to call employees back, either rehire them or bring them back off furlough and, and an employee says, I, I don't wanna come back. Either I'm, I don't want to come back because I'm concerned about COVID-19 or I'm making too much money on unemployment. I don't want to come back to work. What, what can employers do in those situations with employees like that? Many of the changes to unemployment benefits were mandated by the Federal CARES Act. And therefore, the U.S. Department of Labor has some say in what state unemployment laws can provide. And last week, the U.S. Department of Labor published some guidance regarding unemployment under the CARES Act. And they said a couple of things. First of all, they said that an individual who refuses to return to work and is not actually symptomatic of COVID-19 is going to be eligible for unemployment compensation benefits. The only exception there would possibly be if there is some kind of reasonable accommodation because the person has a disability which makes them vulnerable if they are exposed. And there could be a situation where the employer has to provide a reasonable accommodation to protect that employee. But in general, employees who are simply refusing to come to work because they feel threatened or they're anxious, they will no longer be eligible for unemployment and the employer has the right to contact deep and inform them of that. There really has to be a credible health concern in order for an individual to refuse to return to work. Otherwise, it, it's going to be considered a quit. Let's switch subjects again. Many of the listeners are employers that have applied for and, and received a loan under the Paycheck Protection Program. How does that come into play with the decisions to recall or rehire 
employees for employers that have a PPP loan? Well, as uh, those employers are aware, there are some stringent requirements in order for a Paycheck Protection Program loan to be forgiven. So there's a couple of these requirements that are relevant for recalling employees. So there is an eight-week period beginning on the date the loan was dispersed, and the employer has to use at least 75% of the proceeds during that eight-week period on payroll costs. So obviously, employers are going to want to maintain the level of their full-time employee headcount without reduction during that eight-week period. By June 30th, if there were any employees who were laid off, they have to restore full-time levels. In other words, they don't necessarily have to recall the identical employees who were originally laid off, but by June 30th, they want to be employing a similar number of employees and maintaining salary levels restored back from any reductions that they may have made between February 15, 2020 and April 26, 2020. That's how the Paycheck Protection Program is going to affect. So recalling employees is going to be a critical issue in forgiveness under the Paycheck Protection Program. So I hope this has been helpful. Recalling employees has a lot of different pieces to it. And there are a number of different legal principles that need to be taken into account. It would be best if you have any questions to consult legal counsel. We at Larkin Hoffman are going to be continuing to provide podcasts on a variety of issues relating to COVID-19. And we appreciate your time today. Thanks, Phyllis. I also want to thank everybody for listening today. And we look forward to presenting you uh, with another podcast in the near future.